0: David Fiorazzo.
1: Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. Be still and know that he is God. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Crazy times, prophetic times, and uh, so much happening in the country. I've got a great guest today. We're going to get back to some of the basics of pastors and church leaders taking up the mantle of God's truth and proclaiming it And being unashamed of the gospel, we're going to talk about that with Dr. Rick Scarborough in just a minute. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us this opportunity to hopefully point people to you, God. Hopefully remind them to have or cultivate an eternal perspective. We thank you, God, for your truth. We thank you for the hope that we have. Great is your faithfulness, and we recognize your mercies are new every morning. We are here today because you deemed it so that all the days ordained for us were written in your book before one of them came to be. And you who began a good work in each one of us, you will carry it on to completion. You will perfect that work. So, Father, help us. Help us grow in knowledge, in grace. And hopefully, Lord, help us to be set apart from the world while we influence our culture for Christ. Give us wisdom on how to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, update. um, uh, As you know, guys, um, Jan Markell in Olive Tree Views, she was kind enough to interview me about my new book, Canceling Christianity, and it just was posted on YouTube. And um, she is very concerned. By the way, the program airs this weekend uh, across the country. She is very concerned. She sent me an email this morning saying I don't think this will survive YouTube David we did our best but they will consider our conversation inappropriate how ironic I was talking with crash a little bit ago how ironic that they would pull down a video or even threaten Jan Markel's YouTube channel because of an interview about my book about what's really happening in the country and the discrimination against Christians and the totalitarianism so Pray that God's will be done first and foremost, even if he does pull it down and delete us and try to silence us, even if they do that, God can still work all this out for his good and or for our good and for his glory, um, but pray about that. We want the message to get out, obviously, and because of the recent censorship on social media, on my accounts, on my personal page, I have not been able to really... Uh, get the message out there like I would like to. So keep, please keep all that in prayer, but listen to Understanding the Times Radio this weekend with Jan Markell. What a blessing. So now let's introduce our guest today. I can't wait to talk to him again. Dr. Rick Scarborough, founder of Vision America, president of Recover America Now. He's the national pastor advisor for the Jonathan Project, and this partnership will expand efforts in achieving the mission of Recover America Now. By combining resources, they can reach more pastors. Dr. Scarborough also produces a podcast each week, appropriately called Mixing Church and State God's Way. And so you know he's he's preaching exactly what we need to hear, and he's written several new e-books. And uh, Rick Scarborough, thank you so much for coming back on Stand Up for the Truth.
2: It's a pleasure to be with you, Dave. Thank you for your good work. I think I can tell you why they're attacking your book on YouTube.
1: Oh go ahead. Do you have I'm I think I'm I am they are intolerant of Christianity in the biblical world. Oh no, no, yeah.
2: it's it's uh it's because you told me when you came out of that book you were gonna send me a copy and I never got it.
1: Oh you're kidding. Did you That's not right. you haven't received it yet? That's amazing.
2: I gotta get a copy. I wanna read it, buddy.
1: I will get it to you. I will get it to you. My goodness. You know what's funny? I actually ordered ordered you one from Amazon and sent it right to your house, but that is amazing. Uh-oh. You know what, the whole rollout of this thing, uh, Rick, and, and I know you understand, uh, sometimes the devil is in the details. I mean, he does affect things, and and um, the rollout of this has been so— uh, it's really been confusing, stressful. Um, it's really been surprising. I know you've written books. I've written pa- books in the past. I've never had the issues that I've had up right. until now. But we're in a new day and age. We're in a new time where the, bi- right. the Christian worldview, the biblical worldview, is now being frowned upon, being censored. We call it now being canceled. Before we get into that topic a little bit more, uh, I want to talk about Liberty Pastors. This is how I came to uh, meet you, thank God, a year ago. It was such a blessing down there in Texas at America at the Crossroads. I met you and many other speakers. We've had most of them on our podcast in the last year. And And, Rick, I have to tell you, the, the audience here has shifted because more people are waking up and understanding the threats to our free speech and our freedoms, our religious liberties in America. And we have an audience that really is hungry for this and wants their pastors to be more active and engaged in culture. So please tell us about how you originally, the, the vision for Liberty Pastors, how you got involved, and of course, Recover America Now. Please give us a little update and background.
2: Well, um, Liberty Pastors is really Paul's brainchild. He and Dan Fisher uh, conceived of trying to uh, to, to, uh, shift the way we do things. Historically, for the last 20 years, I've conducted three-hour briefings in multiple cities uh, in a a routine year of election, like, for instance, in 2002 when, when Texas turned from a blue state to a red state. Part of that is attributable to the fact that uh, the governor-elect, Rick Perry, traveled the state with me. We introduced him to over 2,000 pastors who signed on to a program of uh, of voter mobilization. And uh, not only did he uh, win in a landslide, but unpredictable to us, the state went for the first time since Reconstruction from blue to red. Now, that's been incrementally decreasing ever since, and Mm. primarily because there's been no effort like that since. So, right now, I'm planning a second tour around Texas uh, to do 79 events. We're calling it 70 Weeks to Save America. That's what I do. Hmm. Now, out of that movement came Paul Blair, who has done a totally different thing, and it's brilliant. Uh, he's found one financier in particular who's common to both of our ministries, uh, Mr. Art Alley, who owns the Timothy Plan, uh, a wealth management organization committed to Christian principles, a billion dollars in assets, and he has taken his wealth to help us get the message to pastors. Wow. These Liberty Pastor Conferences consist of three-day events, all expenses paid, with the exception of a sign-up fee, which is relatively minor, a $1,500 gift to the first 200 pastors who sign up so that they can bring their families, enjoy a resort uh, of world-class where there's all manner of children's activities we use gaylord hotels for these and he has given me a prominent role in these events so you're you're in fact in the first one we even helped pay for it this one i'm coming just like you are as a guest and only i'm being invited as a guest speaker but all uh, of the uh, honor goes to to the vision Mm. of my good friend paul blair uh, whom i met at, at, at at the last d james kennedy conference before he he passed away. Uh, wow. Uh, he was in the audience, and I was speaking, and we became friends on that day.
1: Praise God. Oh, D. James Kennedy. We need voices like his thundering from the pulpit uh, like those days. Um, well, Rick, I had a chance to talk with with Paul yesterday. Um, we are going to connect with a lot of these speakers. I'm going to be at the one in Oklahoma, but this one, starting this Sunday, you are going to be speaking. Dan Fisher will be talking about the Black-Robed Regiment, Paul Blair, and, of and course. by the
2: way, to your audience, everyone needs to see him do that. Yes, if not in person, on videotape because it will change your mind Mm -hmm. about the origins of our country, if you have any doubt.
1: Amen. And you can get that at LibertyPastors.com. Click on Presentations, and there's a video from the last year's conference. And also, uh, Matt Staver, he's with Liberty Council. He's going to be speaking. A friend of ours, a friend of the podcast, Alex Newman, he just interviewed me last week. I've interviewed him several times. Dr. Lee Merritt, America's Frontline Doctors. Let's pause right here. Uh, Rick, and talk about the importance of, well, first of all, the concern about medical disinformation and media propaganda that has almost taken our country by storm when they're starting to silence truth coming out from doctors like right. America's frontline doctors. Dr. Lee Merritt will be speaking at this one in Florida, as you will. But talk to us about this amazing time we're in where they're not only pushing medical treatments or pushing the idea of masks and now it's vaccines. But they're saying, no, hydroxychloroquine won't work. And the media didn't didn't like it because Trump mentioned it and politicized it. We're in a very concerning time from a health standpoint in our country, aren't we?
2: Well, Dr. Fauci came out and said he'd been caught in any number of straight up lies. You know, in fact, on the conservative news outlets, they're showing what he said on one occasion. And then what he said on another occasion, undeniable lies. But it, but he said, an attack on me is an attack on science. <laughs> well, I love what one commentator wrote in a newspaper out west, and I wish I had uh, give the right attribution, but you can Google it and read it. He said, in effect, what Dr. Fauci has said is that science became flesh and dwelt among men. Uh, he literally is, is declaring that he is the god of science, mm. and that if we, if we take him to task on any point, and there are many to take him to task on, then we're attacking science itself. This is the same group of people that look at a young boy with testicles and a penis and says, he would be better to be a girl. We now have 17 Planned Parenthood clinics in the state of Texas Mm. that specialize in child modification. Wow. And believe you me, we're all over that. We're fixing to bring the, the light of day to what they're doing to our children. But back to your point, these doctors have formed an organization, and they're speaking truth. Yes. Uh, one of my board members is not a member of them, but he's, he's much alike. him. And you ought to have him on your program, Steve Olsey. Uh Steve's been on Fox and, and Newsmax and all of them. He was the first doctor I heard anybody say anything about the lies that they were propagating and the uselessness of masks. Uh, we're now killing our kids, yes. forcing them to run races with masks on. It's uh. just insane what they do in the name of science when it fits their political agenda.
1: And we've talked about this before. Uh, The Great Reset has been in the works for many decades, the UN and the globalist push. Um, Thank God we had a president for four years that said America will never be a globalist or a socialist nation. But this is what they're doing. They're using this to try to get people to submit, to comply. They saw the coronavirus as something they could use to, to instill fear in people through the complicit um, general, uh, well, the liberal media in America, and now they see they can use this because, of course, they say they'll never let us let a serious crisis go to waste. But uh, Rick, this is interesting because you said you mentioned Fauci. Um, the Biden administration is continuing to propagate the, the Fauci fraud. Now we have to emphasize. We've made this point so many times. I'm sure you have too on your podcast. Mixing church and state, science doesn't speak. But scientists do. So what scientists and what doctors are you listening to? The ones that are touted by the globalists and the socialists and the secular progressives and those who hate God? Or are you listening to those who are honestly, sincerely pursuing the truth and have America's best interest at heart? What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, all of this falls at the foot of the pastor and the church. And you know, pastors and churches were the very first ones to comply, and some pastors quickly called on to this and began uh, uh, standing up against it. Like one of my board members, Steve Smotherman, mm-hmm. another uh, former speaker that I hope you've had on your
1: many program. times. But yes, guy, love him.
2: Yeah, this guy is bolder than uh, he's as bold as David facing Goliath, and, <laughs> and he finally won. I mean, after a, a year of calling the governor out on, mm-hmm. on his television program. Uh, she's finally recognized that he was right. She was wrong. Now she never confessed that. Uh, she just instead destroyed the economy of New Mexico, mm-hmm. shut down hotels, shut down restaurants, shut down uh, uh, many small businesses. And and by the way, if you want to see a conspira- if you want to form a conspiracy, ask yourself who makes up the the, the primary donors to a little league ball game, uh, little baseball teams, churches, uh, benevolence. It's not the mega corporations. They're given to Black Lives Matter. But it's the small businessmen that comprise the backbone of America. And that is precisely who this was targeted at destroying. And the church is complicit. Yeah. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. People with a sound mind could see right through the mask. Mm. People with a sound mind didn't walk in terror. People with a sign, sound mind stood up and confronted these lies, like you're doing. But far too few of our people are in biblical churches anymore, and they're not getting that truth. Barna says only 6% of those who attend church hold a biblical worldview, and I'm fearful that he's correct.
1: Yes, Barna does some pretty good research. So does you know Pew, Gallup, they talk about these right. issues. Um, LifeWay research as well. I want to mention what it says right on the Liberty Pastors page. And by the way, there's a quote says, "People are gripped with fear. Yet, where is the prophetic voice of Almighty God?" Yeah, it, that's Paul. Yep, it should be thundering from the pulpits. Um, it says, "America is in peril. For the first time in America's history, we intentionally collapsed our economy over a viral threat originating in communist red China, which created a landscape for election fraud." As Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, Rick, I'm just so thankful that people are still trying to raise awareness and sound the alarm. I I consider Paul and Dan and you uh, watchmen on the wall trying to get pastors and church leaders and those who have some influence in their congregations to address these issues and equip the saints. Isn't that the role, one of the major roles of the pastor, to equip the saints? Exactly.
2: Let me read your quote by Charles Finney, you probably have used often. <clears throat> the church must take right ground in regard to politics. Politics are a part of a religion in such a country as this, and Christians must do their duty to the country as a part of their duty to God. God will bless or curse this nation according to the course Christians take in politics. Uh, for us to think that we can divorce our political activity from our our religious activity, are living in a duplistic and false world. Hmm. Christ's innuity means whatever you're doing, you're doing for Jesus. And so I mix churches say every day because that's the very essence of our country. And if if these church people are not getting the truth from their pastor, uh, then they ought to Google and find a pastor in the area that's doing it. If it's drivable, go to his church. They'll drive an hour to get a hamburger? Why not drive an hour to get worship? Yeah. But if you know, on the other side of that coin, uh, during all this shutdown time, a lot of people found out there was a lot of better preaching going on. Uh, go and listen to Jack Gibbs preaching a given Sunday morning in Chino Hills, California, yes. where he controls the entire political network uh, 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 c- composition of that uh, Orange County, I think it is, but a mega county out in California. And listen to uh, the Smugman, who has five campuses, who are standing up against the tide. And right here in, in Houston, uh, one of my dearest friends in the world, Steve Riggle, who oversees 800 churches worldwide. Wow. This man never backs down and never backs up. There are preachers doing the job.
1: Amen. And uh, you mentioned Steve Smotherman. He was kind enough to endorse my book. I quoted him several times because since I've had him on the podcast, he, he has shared some pearls of wisdom, but just some quotes that, that only he can put certain ways, and I just love the way he preaches. Um, I challenged him when he first came on, Rick, and I know you're familiar with, the uh, watering down of the gospel in American Christianity and churches being more like the world and being lukewarm, the mega church movement and the church growth movement was focusing so much on numbers and growth, they lost the the focus of the mission. But I challenged Steve, I said, I said, I don't understand how you do it. You've got a huge church, you've got several campuses, but you're speaking the truth, you're not afraid to, you don't back down from what the government does or the governor, and you're, you're touching on all these issues, and he is one in the country this certainly is an anomaly because a lot of these large churches they, they come become christian community centers and social clubs not him so i really i really appreciate his voice um, we only have a minute left in this segment rick is there anything else you can you would like to share with us about y- your upcoming trip uh, to the conference down there in florida
2: Oh, i would ask everyone who can't be there <clears throat> To watch online, to pray for us, mm, to ask yes. God to, to anoint this conference, and that we send out 200 more Paul Blairs as mm. a result.
1: Oh, that is a great prayer. We need more men of God that are going to be preaching and speaking the truth, unashamed, unapologetic. Um, so thank you, Rick. We've got to take a break, another segment coming up. But I want to also direct people to your podcast over at Recover Please. America Now. Recover America Now. Dot org slash podcasts. Great topic. And we're going to talk about the lie. The, I call it the second biggest lie in America, the separation of church and state. More with Dr. Rick Scarborough on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute.
0: Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up for the Truth with David Fiorazzo.
1: Dr. Rick Scarborough is our guest. Will America be recovered and the church revived? Very good question. And before we're getting, we're going to jump into the separation of church and state and what you talk about on your podcast and what I write about. You mentioned we're in a David and Goliath moment right before we came back on the air. I want you to finish your thought and just share with our audience, Rick.
2: Well, for 40 days, Goliath and the Philistines terrorized the armies of Israel. Every single day, they sent their champion into the valley between the two armies. And every single day, the, the, the Israelite army cowed in fear. Mm-hmm. Until the day David, at the behest of his father, left tending sheep, carried uh, uh, ten loaves of bread and cheeses, uh, looking for his brothers. He heard this giant shout, defiance at the Lord God. Blaspheming God. He dropped the cheese and he dropped the sandwich and he said, uh, Why won't somebody strike this man? He said, Is there not a cause? And his own oldest brother, I believe it was Abinadab, but, uh, he had three brothers, as you know, and I think the oldest was Abinadab. Mm-hmm. He, he looked at him and said, You egomaniac, you're just up here to make a name for yourself. <laughs> to which Then David said, Is there not a cause? But here's the thing that everybody overlooks. For 40 previous days, Abinadab, uh, Shammah, and and the other brother all had a chance to be the hero. Anyone in the large throng of the Israelite army could have slayed Goliath had they just uh, said, God can whip a giant. Yeah. But for 40 days they cowed in fear until up walks a shepherd boy. And in the boldness of a man who'd seen God slay a lion, a bear, and, and, and on other occasions, he said, I can kill that giant, I'm not afraid. You remember they brought him to the presence of Saul. Saul said, you're too young. You're not, you're not ready. But then Saul had this epiphany. You know, if you don't fight him, I'm going to have to. So he throws his armor at David. David says, I can't use this. I'll use the slingshot. Then he does a very interesting thing. He picks up five smooth stones out of, out of a brook. And then he walks out there against Goliath. who's he's twice, three times his size. Uh, Goliath humiliates him, said, what? Well, I'm a, a dog, you send out this pup? Mm-hmm. David looked at him and said, I come in the name of the Lord. And he said, God's going to deliver you to me this day. Uh, and then he began to load his sling. Now, why five pebbles if he believed God had already slayed Goliath? <laughs> I've always heard people laugh and say, well, he had, he had four of the brothers. No. <laughs> My conviction is his attitude was, If the first stone bounces off your forehead, I'm going to cast the second. If the second bounces off, I'm going to cast the third. If you duck the third, I'm throwing the fourth. If after five stones you're still standing, I'm going to charge at you with my bare hands, and we're going to claw and fight until someone leaves this arena, but I'm not going to quit. Hmm. Christians do not lose until they quit, and in large measure in this country they've quit. But if just a remnant, in that case just one, Well, stand up and look at the Goliath that we're now confronted. Uh, His name is Black Lives Matter, a multi billion dollar budget. His name is Antifa, threatens with fear. Uh, If you rattle the homosexuals, they'll throw blood at you like they did back in the days of ACT UP when it all started. Mm. The tragedy is the church is so adverse to controversy and pastors so living uh, with a desire for the next church, knowing that if they get controversial, they'll be despised by pulpit committees. They're not willing to stand. Hmm. But, David, I want to remind your listeners of this fact God still has an army of thousands. Amen. There's small church pastors primarily, but there's also Robert Jeffress, Steve Smother, and some of the giants that we know of, Jack kids. There are those mighty men out there, but the army's comprised of the churches running less than 500. Most of those pastors have the same degrees the guys in the big churches have, in some cases, more. They've already
1: been fired twice because they wouldn't compromise. Yes. Well, I want to go ahead. That's okay, Uh, Rick. I'd like to share one more quote before we talk about the lie of the separation of church and state. This is from Paul Blair, and he's he's a pastor, and he's challenging other pastors. Pastor, are you living in fear, or are you prepared to lead and protect your flock as you boldly engage the culture with the truth of Jesus Christ. One more time, a plug for Liberty Pastors. There's a conference this Sunday through next Wednesday, which is probably too late to register for, but it's at the Gaylord Palms Resort in Florida, June 13th through the 16th. And the next one, which uh, you will be at also, Rick, and I'll be there July 25th through the 28th, the end of July. At the Hilton Garden Inn and Conference Center in Edmond, Oklahoma. Same speakers Dan Fisher, Paul Blair, Dr. James Taylor, Rick Scarborough, Mark Morano, Matt Staver, Alex Newman, Dr. Lee Merritt, America's Frontline Doctors, and Dan Celia. So, uh, Rick, I just want to get a couple more plugs in because these are so important. Yes. Because people, one of the most common emails I get is either where can I find a good church that preaches the whole counsel of God and is not afraid to address what's going on outside of church walls, or they say, how can I approach my pastor who hardly ever or never talks about what's going on in our culture um, or whatever, social issues or whatever. So these pastor conferences are so important. So I encourage you guys to get this link, watch it, look at, read the information, and then send it to your pastor in a loving and respectful way because if we can get more pastors to attend these, a movement has already begun. Thanks to men we know, uh, Rick, and we're so blessed to have these men leading small churches, as you said, in our countries that are doing the bulk of the work when it comes to coming against the lawlessness and the spirit of Antichrist that we see in the false teachings and the threats on America and our freedoms. So now we'll go to one of the, the second biggest lie, I call it, evolution being the first, but the second biggest line in America, the separation of church and state. You you named your podcast Mixing Church and State God's Way, and I would just like for you to share a little bit of information about your podcast before we talk more on this topic.
2: Well, the podcast, God has really blessed it. Uh, we we uh, have, have now produced 89 of them. I'm right now doing the, the third part of the series entitled... Uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer, but in the Lord's Prayer, He prays not my uh, He prays Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I ask the question: Does anybody believe that God's kingdom has come to this earth? Hmm. Jesus, I know, was also speaking of another day when He would rule this earth. But at that point, was speaking to disciples that He was about to disperse that would turn the world upside down. Hmm. Whatever happened to that kind of preaching and that kind of courage? They paid for it with their blood. Yes. Uh, their legacy then was birthed in thousands who followed them. Hmm. We don't have that kind of courage. And and we have cowed, not because of the sword, like in most of the world. We've cowed because of someone saying you can't mix church and state. That is hogwash. Yep. It is pure baloney. Not one church in the history of the United States of America has lost its 5-1-C-3 as a result of the pastor endorsing a candidate or doing something political. Mm. I don't I don't advise pastors to endorse candidates as the pastor, but I often tell them, get in front of the pulpit and tell the people who you're going to vote for because they want to know. Go over to the right door and say, come by and I'll give you a list. People want to know, and you're not going to lose your C3 over that. Yes. Now, under the Biden administration, they're gearing up for war, and they may challenge you. But we have a, an army of consecrated lawyers just looking to fight your war in, in, the, in the battles before the courts, because we always win. That is a myth. It's a red herring. It's a cop-out by preachers who wouldn't do it even if they could.
1: Mm. Uh, what you said is so important, because we have to recognize there has been a fear since the 1954 Johnson Amendment which silenced conservatives and Christians. These were actually, there were anti-communist groups that were coming against the liberal Senator Lyndon Johnson when he was running for re-election, and he was trying to silence them, so he slipped in this amendment when they were debating a massive tax code overhaul bill on the Senate floor in Texas, slipped in the amendment, and from that point on, there's been a misunderstanding, there's been ignorance about what the Johnson Amendment is, but now today, we have not seen a church that is That has lost their 501c3. I want to emphasize no, what you just said. And there's also Pulpit Freedom Sunday, where thousands of pastors from across the country purposely preach political sermons at least once a year. Most of them probably do it more often. But on that Sunday, Pulpit Freedom Sunday, they do that, and the IRS knows if they were to threaten a the church they i believe they know they would lose that case because more cases come down on the side of religious freedom your thoughts on pulpit freedom sunday and more of what you were discussing rick
2: well exactly i in the first 37 that they recruited i was one of them but because i had a 5-1-c-3 and didn't pastor a church they said rick you may be a little harder to defend let's let's apply this to pastors only so i've been a i've been on the sidelines encouraging pastors. Uh, to preach Pulpit Freedom Sunday, because the more thousands stack up, the more difficult it is for them to ever call one, and they'll lose it at the Supreme Court as, it's, as it currently exists. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, don't take too much joy in that. we got a president about to pack the court, put four more liberals on it, if, if he's allowed to. Yep. He's trying in the first 18 months to subvert our nation, because he knows that the people are going to rise up in 2002, and turn out uh, members of Congress that are voting these liberal agendas. Uh, He's trying to get it all done quick. And that's why we must pray and throw every obstacle we can in his way and lift up our voices of truth and righteousness in our pulpits. Listen, audience, there are not many programs like this. Support it. We need it. Uh, He gives me a voice. You stand with Dave in this radio program. I encourage you to do so.
1: Thank you so much. Dr. Rick Scarborough, Recover America Now. And I I appreciate your voice and your influence. And God willing, he'll continue to give us platforms, even if they shut us down on certain platforms. There are alternative platforms started up by other people. There's Rumble, Jan Markell. I'm going to have to move my videos over to Rumble eventually. There's threats uh, on Facebook. But um, Mike Lindell. You mentioned him. I think we were off air when we were talking about that. I had him on the podcast about a month and a half ago. He's got Frankspeech.com Now, Frank speech is a platform he's working on other things. He is. Like you said, he's not backed down. Just your thoughts on how a, a, a business owner who happened to support an American president is become one of the top enemies of the left now in America. Have you. Did you ever see this coming, Rick?
2: i i didn't see it coming well i can't say that <laughs> i did see it coming the church remained in, in this position hmm. and now it's come but maybe maybe we, we have enough shock out there now to awaken a sleeping giant hmm. if the church and i'm not talking about all those professors i'm talking about the possessors if the true church wakes up we win
1: can you clarify what you just said the 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 not the Professors, but the possessors. The possessors are those who really know Jesus.
2: There's a whole lot of professors who say they do, but when it counts, they back away. They run for the high hills. They hide in the in the bushes. They back off the mountaintop, as the Israeli army did. They're like Abinadab, Shema, and his brother. They they didn't stand when they should have. Hmm. But the truth of the matter is. When one one man of God stands on the on the truth of God, he is a majority, because God is just waiting for someone to step forth. I'm looking for the possessors of that truth, not the professors. That I'm a Baptist, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Methodist. I'm talking about the ones who know Jesus in every in every denomination and some abominations.
1: Mm. Uh, Pastor Steve Smotherman calls them so-called Christians. For years, I've been calling them professing believers. He calls them so-called Christians. Um, Sadly, uh, there are a lot in our pews and in churches across the country. The danger, spiritually and eternally, Rick, as you know, is some people— They think they're saved, but they're really not truly converted. Now, only God knows their hearts. Let's just go on record as saying, we don't know their hearts. God knows their hearts. But Jesus did say, you will know them by their fruit, didn't he?
2: And he also said, many will come in that day, saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we preach? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we do many wonderful things? Mm. And he will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you.
1: Mm. Those are some of the most sobering words in all of Scripture and, yes, sir. Well, we're on that idea, <laughs> talking about sobering words. I think of the book of Judges, I believe it's chapter 2, where Joshua died, and, and the elders that survived Joshua all were following the Lord their God, and once they all died off, it says, the next generation f- did not know God or the God of their fathers, and they started doing evil works and following after other gods. That's one of the most sobering and eye-opening verses in all of scripture rick it just takes one generation doesn't it and we've had several generations now in america being programmed by the godless antichrist government-run school system by a a godless government and secular progressive corporations by an immoral Entertainment industry generally, there are some good people, conservatives and Christians. I think of Kevin Sorbo and 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 so many others. But their their voices are being suppressed and silenced. The entertainment industry, we are it, we are almost in a, another David and Goliath moment when it comes to having a voice or influence in America. This this might be a common theme here that David and Goliath.
2: Uh, we are there. I mean, this is this is the moment for the Goliath to step forward.
1: Or for the Davids? <laughs> Excuse me. <Yeah. laughs> Forgive me. That's right. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yes. I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm David. I'm, sen- I'm sensitive to that. About
2: <laughs> half this podcast, I've had you on mute, so I could call I apologize.
1: Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Well, um, Rick, we've got two minutes left in this segment, and I, I would just really want to talk a little bit more about this idea now of the the lie of the separation of church and state. The average American... Christian, not citizen, but Christians who believe, um, they a lot of them feel powerless about what they can say or what they can do with, where their pastor is concerned and about what is preached. So what can the average American citizen do to raise more awareness about this lie that Christians should just stay out of politics or not talk about social issues, but just kind of you know be silent and just accommodating?
2: Well, I would quote the verse of Jesus, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Mm. If you're bound up in that kind of fear so that you're afraid to speak, afraid to, uh, to give a warning to your pastor, and you should do that in great love and deference, but if you're afraid to do that, you're part of the problem. Mm. This is not the time for silence. This is a time for boldness. And I'm not just talking about the Dave's and Rick's and Paul's of the world. I'm talking about the average everyday churchgoer. And if your pastor, if he reacts negatively to that, then it may be time for you to start finding a pastor who will who will support you. Mm. Uh, you you need to quit uh, funding ministries that are anti Christ, and that's what that is. Mm. Uh, I realize it's a, most of us may have twenty and thirty and forty and fifty year relationships with the church, but church isn't God. Jesus is God, and our allegiance must never be to a building or to a history. It must be to the Lord God himself. And now more than ever, we need the true possessors hmm. of Jesus to come forth and be unashamed. Listen to, podca- or to broadcasts like this one. Take notes if you need to. Uh, go to the sources. Uh, get educated. Most Christians won't speak out because they feel inadequate. Hmm. So instead of watching Netflix, start watching some of these godly men of God who are proclaiming truth. Listen to podcasts that you can trust. Get educated. And then take that education and do as James said, faith without works is dead. It's time for the dead to come alive.
1: Mm, I couldn't have said it better. That's a great way to end this segment with Dr. Rick Scarborough. It's true. The Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Men change. Churches change. If you've been going there for a long time and they're not preaching the whole counsel of God or addressing these it's so crucial issues in our country. Approach your pastor lovingly, respectfully, but pray about finding another church if you need to. More on Stand Up For The
0: Truth in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo.
1: Oh, what a blessing to have Dr. Rick Scarborough. Um, he had to go because, I mean, he's literally uh, packing up and getting on a plane to speak at the uh, Liberty Conference, Liberty Pastors Conference in Orlando that kicks off Sunday. So it was just a blessing to have him on for a couple segments here. But um, go to LibertyPastors.com share that link with your pastor. It, pray about it first because, quite honestly, and I'm, I'm just trying to put this in a way, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't mince words, I don't worry about um, the blowback, but a lot of pastors won't like this. They won't like what they're doing because maybe they feel guilty for not addressing simple issues such as gender or religious freedom or abortion or same-sex marriage, maybe, maybe they've never considered how they could actually say anything about being bombarded with pride propaganda the whole month of June. How do pastors respond to that? Everybody in their congregation is going through it. I mean, if you have the Internet, if you have an iPhone, if you watch TV, if you go to the grocery store, I mean, everywhere, pride is everywhere. And by the way, uh, Proverbs 16, 18, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. This pride movement is demonic, friends. It is demonic. But is your pastor talking about any of these things? That's why pray before you send this link, libertypastors.com, about these events. All they're trying to do is strengthen and equip America's church leaders so that they can lead their congregations and shepherd their flocks and equip the saints. That's what this movement is about. So I want to emphasize that And a lot of people listen. I get emails all the time. Well, I I, I can't find a good church. I left my church for legitimate reasons, but now they're not plugged in, so they listen to different churches and sermons online, which is great, but it's not the same. And I know it's hard, guys. I I, I know it's very hard. If you just tuned in to Stand Up For The Truth, um, at the very beginning of this podcast I mentioned an email, a concerning email from Jan Markell I received And I did this interview with her that's airing today and tomorrow and Sunday on Understanding the Times radio. She was kind enough to keep me for the whole hour and talk about my book, Canceling Christianity. But she said this in an email to me, quote, I don't think this will survive YouTube, David. We did our best, but they will consider our conversation inappropriate. Now let me share something personal with you Um. I'm not even doing a book tour. I'm not even trying to get out there in that way, knowing that, first of all, because of COVID, there's a lot of churches that are just now getting back to having (laughs) their churches open, having public events or or events. They're not going to have a speaker come in on a Sunday night or on a Friday night or whatever. So it's just too much work. But I was told several years ago by more than one area pastor uh, of smaller churches that the material that we talk about on this podcast and what I write about in my books is inappropriate. I've been told that. Um, it's either too political, too right-wing, too, many, too much information on social issues, uh, civil government, religious freedom, whatever it might be. And this is what's astounding to me. And this is why Dr. Rick Scarborough in the last segment brought up the black-robed regiment. If you do not understand the history, please look up Dan Fisher, who's going to be speaking at these conferences, America at the Crossroads, that we've been mentioning today. Dan Fisher, he preaches on the black-robed regiment on how in the early days, in the late 1700s, and they were actually, there were men of God. Think about this. There was no Internet. There were no public schools. There was no media. uh, There were no newspapers. Think about this in the early days, in the 1800s, How did people get most of their information? One of two places, at church (laughs) or at the small corner pub. (laughs) So most men and women, but most men heard about this threat to America by their pastors and church leaders and reverends preaching on it and saying, preaching the the Bible, of course, and the gospel, but they're also saying, we've got to be ready to defend our freedoms in America. And they actually had black robes, many of them called preaching robes, so they actually preached with black robes on. And there's a story in Mel Gibson's uh, The Patriot, movie The Patriot, where the preacher in the small church in that town Just got done preaching, he took off his black preaching robe and he grabbed a musket or whatever gun he had next to him and he said, man, there's a time to preach and there's a time to fight. Who's with me? And he walked out and most of the men of the congregation, a small church now, went with him to literally go to the battlefield and fight for our freedoms in America. That's how an army was formed. Pastors bled on the field. Many of them died. Reverends, pastors who led regiments onto the field fighting the British, the Redcoats. We didn't have, uh, you know, a national draft. We didn't have any way schools or anything like that at that time. So this was in the 1800s. So the black robed regiment were bold and fearless leaders who not only preached at their churches and cared for their congregations and protected their flocks from wolves, but they also were willing to put their money where their mouths were, and they went out on the battlefield and fought for our freedom. We owe a lot of our freedom in America to men of God who had small country churches in the 1800s. That's just a a, a summation of the story of the black-robed regiment and you can find some history on that. But look up Dan Fisher. We've done podcasts with him. StandardFortHetruth.com, upper right. There's a search bar. Just type in Dan Fisher or Bill Cook, Black Robe Regiment. We just had him on last month. So the Liberty Conference, um, the pastors, Liberty pastors, uh, they're talking about these issues, and then I'll move on to something else briefly. Um, Does Romans 13, 1 through 5, demand... Unlimited submission to government. Should you fear the IRS if you're a preacher or pastor and worry about your church's 501c3? Dr. Rick Scarborough made that very clear, the answer to that. What about, how do I deal with the myth of separation separation of church and state in my pulpit? What do I say when I'm accused of preaching politics over the gospel? That's why I wrote a chapter called Policies, Platforms, and Procedures. Next, how should a pastor respond to the growing threats of Marxism, the Great Reset, critical race theory, COVID lockdown passport vaccine hysteria, global climate change, the Green New Deal, transgenderism? How should a pastor respond to these threats? They're not threats necessarily against the pastor personally, right? But they are threats against the truth. And as one... Man of God said a couple centuries ago, if truth is attacked, wouldn't an, wouldn't a guard dog defend his master's truth? I paraphrase that quote. And um, we need to be talking about these things, friends. I know I'm preaching to the choir because most of you, unless you're a brand new listener to Stand Up For The Truth, you get it and you're trying to raise awareness, but we are up against it. And now... Um, Just want to mention one more time, the pride movement, the pride month that's being, I mean, you can't get away from it. We're just watching some rerun of a show, of a comedy show last night. I think it was everybody loved Raymond. So whatever channel that was on, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's the channel logo with rainbow colors. They're doing this everywhere. And by the way, I just want to bring up a few things about the, the rainbow and how it has been hijacked. Yeah, you guys have to understand. In Genesis nine sixteen, the covenant of the rainbow. I mean, oh my goodness, this is this is. It almost makes you duck and 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 duck looking for a lightning bolt. Uh, the rainbow has been hijacked. God created it as a beautiful promise to mankind, not to destroy. Judge the world in his wrath by flooding the earth again, not to destroy life on earth by floodwaters. Genesis 9, 16 says, when the rainbow is in the cloud, then I will look at it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. He sets the rainbow in the clouds as a symbol of hope and a reminder that God is both loving and just. Even though depravity and immorality today are worse than in the days of Noah, many would probably say. God still has not judged us accordingly. In other words, he has not given us what we deserve. That's mercy. Yet, he hasn't given us. He's, I'd say he's being, being pretty patient. Blatant mockery of God and open rebellion against the truth regarding judgment of sin is what we are seeing. The, so the rainbow, to clarify, it is a biblical symbol that they've stolen for perverse purposes. It's a biblical symbol closely associated with the presence of God and His authority. Revelation 4.3 says, And he who was sitting on the throne was like a jasper stone and a sardis in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. Revelation 4.3 So this misuse Of the rainbow and what it represents (laughs) about what the Bible considers sinful behavior is further evidence of a culture that is lost or at least morally confused I want to quote author Peter Heck he said I'm not sure when the LGBT movement will feel comfortable moving on from the victim role they've played to perfection and finally claim their unquestioned victory in the culture war but who are we kidding Can anyone say with a straight face that the gay rights movement hasn't won over the hearts and minds of pop culture? What does that mean? What is he saying? He's saying they have changed public opinion. Do you know one of the reasons that Facebook gave for rejecting and canceling four ads, rejecting before they even got out on Facebook for my book, Canceling Christianity? They said social issues and political issues and influencing public opinion. What has the left been doing for for four or five decades? And what are they doing with Pride Month? The rainbow plastered everywhere to represent the LGBT community. That is influencing public opinion. But yet we with the biblical Christian worldview are being censored or canceled because we are trying to influence public opinion for righteousness. Again, Romans 1, they are suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. And that's what I wrote about. That's my article this week for Freedom Project, Dot com. You can also look at my uh, article on my own personal website, Progressive Pride Propaganda, Forcing Compromise of Church and Culture. I know we said a lot this hour, friends. I hope you took in as much as you could and just pray about it. Go to the Bible, ultimately. But when we come back, we'll let you know who our guests are next week on Stand
0: Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth.
1: All right, remember to listen to Understanding the Times Radio with Jan Markell this weekend. I am the guest. We talk about canceling Christianity. Someone came in yesterday, asked about ordering a case of books. I am—I I have literally five books left, but I'm supposed to get a shipment today, if not today, Monday, hopefully. Um, so you can come in if you're in the Green Bay area and get a case of books at 50% off, and then you can sell them for more, you can give them away. I just appreciate the support. And uh, Jan is concerned about the program. We'll see what happens this weekend, friends. She opens it up with a couple of news clips that I'm going, wow, uh, that's uh, kind of poking the bear of the left and the the big tech. But anyway, tomorrow or uh, Monday, I mean, we've got John Haller back on Prophecy Updates. We'll talk with him on Monday, on Tuesday. Author blogger and apologist Natasha Crane, her first time on the podcast. I mean, this has been in the works for six to nine months, back and forth trying to schedule. So Natasha Crane, one of those um, mama bears, she'll be on with us Tuesday. You'll hear from Jay Siegert on Wednesday, Julaine Appling on Thursday, Stephen Garofalo on Friday. The following week, we've got Eric Hovind. He hasn't been with us in a while. So thank you guys so very much. Remember to share the podcast. And by the way, I, I have a feeling Um, More censorship is on the way, but we'll see what happens. It's one day at a time. But God is bigger than Facebook. He's bigger than big tech. And we trust in him and his sovereignty. We trust him in all things. Keep the faith, friends. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.